0: Oh gosh! Like we get a do-over, and I'm like doing it even worse. Okay, well, because it's clearly hard to uh, to say the same thing twice.
1: Uh, l- let me jump in real fast, just while I remember. It. In-, in the other episode that isn't happening.
2: Oh, I'm not recording right now, by the way. Should I be? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <Steven>. just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would reach to the internet and choke you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is Review Number Three Hundred Seven Point Five with our review of <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm Chris Schneizi.
2: I'm Carson Patrick, and I'm Stephen Miller, aka Star Lord.
1: I am Groot. <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, again, but for you guys for the first time, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, we experienced little technical difficulties, <laughs> it like, was my uh, fault. like, like, like we, we, like, like multiple, like catastrophic failures of technology. Um, a lot of connection issues, a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, interference issues.
2: <laughs> I incited the wrath of Zordon. Yeah. I grabbed the infinity stone and
1: blew up the computer. <laughs> yeah, and just oh, a lot of... Yeah. Car- Carson fell into the ether. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steven's grabbing the infinity stone. I'm just standing here, like freaking out, trying to get my plant to grow back. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I turned into a raccoon. Just, just craziness has ensued. So, uh, you know, in, 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 much in the way, you know, the best podcasts do when, when a problem goes, goes, uh, goes wrong we are just scrapping it and trying to do this all again for you guys to be super professional so if we weirdly laugh at things that don't seem that funny (laughs) it might be because we're trying to uh on the fly regenerate the conversations we have already had at this point in time right Um, so you know like if, if karsten decides that he's not going to reference power rangers this time then uh it will mean that i can't pretend i'm organically countering his power ranger argument with something else and um, I
2: can't bring in a Beetleborgs reference oh, as, as I'm apt to do I love Beetleborgs Yeah. So, so
1: really it comes down to whether uh, Carson goes into a fugue state And uh, forgets what he had already said And then says it exactly the same way He would have um, Before all these problems I, I, I don't know what I'm saying anymore I'm just
0: going to turn into a, a Stepford wife And just <laughs> be, be Harrison robot. Ford Be the fugitive <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> nice, David. Um, that was a, it was a swish, <laughs> a three-pointer right there. Fugazi? No. no, no. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: okay. So, any, anyways, uh, like this is the part of the episode where I ask you guys how you're doing tonight. So, how are you doing?
0: Doing well. <laughs> I'm so excited. My pants are flying off.
1: Oh no, we don't get to have the organic <laughs> conversation about not also, wearing pants. Also, it's because it's
0: uh, also very warm. So, yeah.
1: Yes.
2: The
0: uh, the joke before, for you poor people who didn't hear,
2: was that we're all not wearing pants, and by the way, we're in the same room, we're going to turn this into a video podcast. Yeah, But no, it's my turn to say how I'm doing, let me look at the scripts I wrote. Um, Go back. I am, wait, Stephen coughs. Uh, I am doing well. Did you, uh, are you getting a physical?
1: Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Well, you forgot to turn your head, Stephen.
2: Let me do it again. I am doing well. Uh, you have cancer. We are recording at night. <laughs> that is different from recording in the morning. How are you, Chris? I'm more oh, awake God, during, doing during fine. the night.
1: <laughs> Other than the immense heat and the sitting on a towel on a chair in my boxers, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm doing quite well. Um, l- Luckily for me, I didn't get very far into my review of this film. <laughs> so everything <laughs> yeah, I a- say... We'll be, will be right. <laughs> organic.
0: We're rebooting this uh, review, and I can uh, start over and not have to try and make a Lord of War reference. <laughs> I don't oh, no, to we were totally wait, on but the but does same that mean I don't get you. the Ethan Hawkeye reference? Yeah, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Uh. No,
1: unfortunately not. All yeah. right. Well, um, before we just you know massacre this uh, any more than we we kind of already are, but uh, you know, given the nature of the thing, I think I think we're doing all right. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and uh, you know start this episode off uh, with you know the trailer like we always do let's go ahead and listen to that and then come back and give you guys our review I look around Like folks who have lost stuff. Our homes, our families. And we're facing a threat that could destroy us all.
0: Nature, love, us. Come on, baby, us.
1: If we're gonna save the galaxy, we're gonna have to do it together. Partners.
0: Why would you want to save
2: the galaxy? because I'm one of the idiots
1: who lives in it! Oh, what the hell, I don't got that long a lifespan anyway. Why would you risk your life for this? Because right now, life's giving us a chance. To do what? Something good, something bad, a bit of both.
0: I will fight beside you. I will destroy you and your world.
1: First, you gotta go through us! We're the frickin' guardians of the galaxy. I'm with them. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage of a plan? I don't know. 12%. 12%? That's a fake (laughs) laugh. It's real. Totally fake. That is the most
2: real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life because that is not a plan.
1: I am Groot.
2: So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Thank you. Groot's the only one of you who has a clue.
0: (laughs)
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, so you just listened to the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the next Marvel film, a little bit different than the other ones. Uh, this is the more crazy universe-expanding aspect of, you know, it's a little little more on the Thor side. We got these crazy um, space people. We got thieves. We got assassins. We got, uh, you yeah, know, bounty hunters, whatever, all sorts of crazy stuff. They get thrown together as a, a big bad has some object that he wants to use to do some damage to different places in the universe and our uh our our group of of people who start off as possibly enemies uh you know they have to work together to become friends to help take on the bad guy and you know save the galaxy uh, so what did you think of this film carson uh
0: well i'll just get right into it and say that uh it's an amazing film and uh James Gunn, writer and director of some other great films like *Super* and *Slither*, uh, is behind this one, and he was a perfect choice to direct this movie because uh, I feel like he has a very unique. Uh, he puts himself into the film for sure. Um, he puts his unique stamp on it, and um, I think he's just one of those. He's one of those type of uh, filmmakers that really can't. Uh, be not creative or i don't he he just basically can't put himself into a film similar now did he write this too uh yeah um similar to how i feel uh you know people like shane black really can't make a movie without putting his stamp on it uh i think that he definitely um you know if you've seen his other work like you know that he deals with the the zany and the crazy and uh you know he's he's taken this film and it's definitely you know i mean this wasn't exactly a known uh marvel property like it was pretty niche and uh i think it totally he totally made it work for for mainstream audiences like i uh, obviously people ate it up and it's funny how um Oh gosh! Like we get a do-over, and I'm like doing it even worse. Um, <laughs> I was like, "Yes, this is this is my chance to shine." Because I thought anytime, you were on a roll there for a bit. I, I son of. Now a, you know how Jake uh, Gyllenhaal feels. A roll downhill. Um,
2: yeah, because dagger I'm... that turns back time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for explaining that to me. <laughs> I was like running through my head. I was like, uh, "I don't." know was don't. Like, Where, "Where's he going with that?"
0: I was like, "Jake Gyllenhaal has two of him in enemy." Uh, there you go. Uh, I, I, yeah, because I was, you know, a lot of times I do these podcasts, it's like spur of the moment, and I don't, I, I never know what I'm saying, so it's always hard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of times I wish, like, we could get a take too. and now when we actually do, I still can't function correctly. Anyway.
1: Um, you, you, you should just, uh, you know, write your thoughts out ahead of time and read it like a book report. And then keep, keep pausing to look up and pretend you're maintaining eye contact and then look back down. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was (laughs) a good film that I thought was good thanks to uh, Mr. Gunn who did a good job writing and Mm -hmm. also directing.
2: Yeah, see, I try try to have a topic sentence and then three sentences that support it then a concluding sentence. That's always good. Four (laughs) paragraphs, just roll through it.
0: I think I'm just going to write my own script and put in like, you know... Pause. Steven laughs. Chris (laughs) Chris disagrees. (laughs) Uh, Chris disagrees with my laughter? What
2: an (laughs) asshole.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, don't don't look at me. He wrote the script.
0: (laughs) I wrote it. It's uh, all happening. Uh, No, okay. So anyway, um, the movie... I feel like the movie um, is definitely a departure for uh, a Marvel property. And I think that's a good thing because you know i've been liking these phase 2 movies more than um you know their phase 1 movies cuz i think they're starting to you know now that they've established all these worlds they've they're starting to go off and do their own thing get a little wacky and um that's always good uh and i do think that the s- superhero movies comic book movies that are a little more on the silly side uh are definitely more entertaining. Obviously, like Thor Two, and something like Iron Man that has Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you know, as a sarcastic lead, and Chris Pratt is obviously uh, he very much fits like the Tony Stark mold. He's like basically Tony Stark in space, um, but a little bit less good at doing things. <laughs> right? Yeah, They're still pretty good. I mean, I think he's perfectly cast. Like, I think it was that casting choice. Was like Robert Downey in Iron Man, like it was a perfect fit. Well, yeah, um, the, the,
1: there, there was something. Uh, let me jump in real fast, just while I remember. It. In, in in the the un, the other episode that isn't happening, um, you had made a comparison between the the uh, the way that you know Star Lord acts and his like uh, how how charismatic he is, like like Tony Stark, like you're saying now. Um, but that some of the other films haven't really uh, had that as much. And there is there is an interesting comparison if you look at like both Thor and Captain America the humor is not derived from them being charismatic but them yeah. being sort of fishes out of water so right. Captain <laughs> America is like the good the goody two shoes like good old like yeah hooray hoorah um, yeah. and he just like the humor is that he doesn't understand how to function as a normal human being and yeah. same way as Thor is like he's literally not from Earth he's an Asgardian and he doesn't know how to how yeah. to uh, behave in a way like so it's funny that he doesn't get our customs as earthlings um but then right. star lord and tony stark are like these these dudes who are just like like they're, they're also similar in that they have like suits that they wear that allow them to fly around and do, <laughs> and do <laughs> they fun have a stuff. mask and stuff yeah so like they're they're uh they, they are very much similar um characters and, and while tony stark likes being more the center of attention doing things on his own and you know star lord is obviously kind of the uh, stuck needing the help of others they still have that really charismatic you want to jump behind them and have a good time uh that aspect to them and um sorry i just want to jump in and like add that because i remember you making that comparison in the last episode and it made me think about the comparing the two groups of our heroes from these marvel phase two films so continue yeah sorry.
0: I, I mean i think that's exactly right um and i think that you know i was in the minority on disliking captain america 2 but i think that with that film, uh, they did do you know away with the fun vibe that the first one at least established, um, the adventurous spirit, and um, this movie really is the polar opposite of that film, uh, and it gives you a, a ton of adventurous spirit. I mean, it like I uh, like I said in uh, part one. I mean, it's, <laughs> this is like the biggest you know theme park ride you know but uh encapsulated onto a screen you know it's it's like you want it to be a world like you know you wish they would just stop building avatar land and build guardians of the galaxy land uh at disney world uh so you can hang out with all these characters and walk around in all these different worlds uh because the worlds that they've created are very unique and very cool to look at and uh You know each place has like a like a really cool stamp like it's all very colorful um and it's very much uh you know i mentioned power rangers but i mean that's like a small that's something that i personally thought of um but it's more in line with stuff like the fifth element definitely buckaroo banzai definitely uh something wacky like captain eo at disneyland uh and, of course, Star Wars and Firefly, too. Like, I think it, it really has that sort of space opera feel, which I think is what really sets it apart from not only the other Marvel movies, uh, but other comic book movies, too. Like, this really isn't, you know, a quote-unquote superhero movie. Like, they aren't, you know, people who fall into powers. Like, they are just kind of this ragtag team of, uh, you know, misfits. And... They go on, you know, adventures in space. It's a, you know, it's very much like a uh, you know, Star Wars or something instead of, you know, Tony Stark, you know, uh, becoming who he is, etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, I think it's definitely on par in terms of origin movies with the first Iron Man. Um, I, I mean, I liked it even better than that, but it, it it was like the first Iron Man where it's it established everything so well um, and gave you the characters that you know you've come to know and love in the iron man movies and um you know i think that's what that's what really sets it apart is that it's got its own flavor and this was something that you said chris in the last thing but that you know if this had come before thor um you know how would people react basically i think the movie would still be awesome obviously um but i think you know, we're getting it now for a reason because, you know, Marvel is smart to introduce its heroes the way that it did. Um, you know, obviously putting Iron Man first and getting you really invested, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was perfect. That was a perfect vehicle to do that. Uh, and you know, then you start getting into like the more wackier heroes and obviously like putting Thor before this, uh, was like a good uh indicator as as to what is to come you know uh the the craziness uh that could happen you know in these other galaxies and universes and stuff uh so yeah like you know it's very zany but it works like it, the the tone of it uh it never falters really like i think it's it's the perfect balance between action comedy sci fi Uh, and, uh, yeah, and like I said, that everybody in the cast is like, is perfectly cast. Like, I think that, uh, you know, obviously the villain isn't, uh, up to par as with, you know, some of these other villains, like Steven, you mentioned again in the other part that (laughs) the, uh, that the villains, usually the villains in Marvel films aren't that spectacular and that's true. And I think that here, you know, the plot and the villain aren't really the star. You know, it's like it doesn't really matter. They're kind of an afterthought. Uh, not an afterthought, but, I mean, it, they're just a vessel to create all these, to put all these characters, you know, and create all these worlds so that you can have fun with them. But, I mean, I did like uh, Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser, or, yeah, that's what his name Almost said Ronan the Syracuser. The <laughs> another inside <laughs> baseball term but uh yeah he, he his silly overacting qualities were entertaining to me but as a villain he wasn't entirely you know intimidating in any way but he looked cool like he had that uh you know all the makeup and the the costumes and stuff were really cool like it makes you wish that like avatar was just done with you know blue makeup and not uh the way that it was because like the i don't know it just looked really cool like it just it had a good blend of the practical and the cg so um yeah i'll i'll stop for now and i'll I'll (laughs) throw it to steven now all right steven
2: okay well because it's clearly hard to uh to say the same thing twice i'm gonna change gears and say that i didn't like this movie this time. just kidding Uh, so i i can't do the kind of intro i normally would but um this movie was definitely an example of a surprisingly hyped film as it as the time drew near for it to be released, which normally, because I'm a cynical, negative, heartless person, <laughs> bodes poorly for a film if it's a dumb, a big dumb blockbuster,
0: right? Especially if Scarlett Johansson's in it.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a big dumb blockbuster that's being championed as being a lot of fun. Usually, if I if i see this and i see this kind of high praise i become like carson with the marvel movies where i decide to go full-on armand white and hate the movie instead of (laughs) (laughs) instead of like it uh and and this movie definitely succeeded in hitting whatever bar reviewers had cranked up to it after i think it was at comic-con they first premiered it or something um I, i know after last weekend everybody was talking about it yeah um and I think Chris Pratt, in my mind at least, was the primary reason for that. Much the way that Robert Downey Jr. was the primary reason Iron Man worked for me. And a part of that is I don't know the behind the scenes, so I can't praise like Shane Black or James Gunn. Um, as easily as I can say, this is a character that you A, have fun rooting for, and B, have fun laughing at <laughs> for the misfortunes that they... Yeah. <laughs> fall onto kind of the you know it, it's chris pratt is definitely falling into this i i can't really call him typecast he definitely always plays a sort of naive person who thinks a little more highly of themselves than other people think of them he's a lovable rogue yeah he's he's lovable he has a big heart and he's fun He he's fun to watch it's the the andy dwyer the everything uh and it it really works well in a movie like this where he is not a unredeemable character or just an oaf. He's also like pretty badass. I mean, he yeah. Th- there are scenes towards the beginning where he's f- introduced for the first time and he's fighting and escaping and he. The dude clearly has action star potential. Um, he isn't only the butt of the joke. He's not. But, he's not Burt Macklin in space. Yes. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, definitely. But he also. <laughs> He also is very good as the butt of the joke, and every little witty retort and little bit of uh, humor that goes into the most serious moments in this film, like there's there's one that I don't need to go into detail with, but where he's, uh, he's saving Zoe Saldana's character, and it looks for a moment like it's going to be a very self-serious, heroic, romantic place. And then he says something that just completely kills the mood, Um, (laughs) which is exactly what I like about this movie. Every time it starts to take itself a little seriously, or maybe hint towards that, it has just a nice goofy joke afterwards to remind everyone, like, we're all here to have fun. Nobody is here because they think they're so heavily invested that they care more about the plot than they do the journey. Um, and, And I think, so you mentioned that the villains are never particularly interesting or scary in Marvel movies. And I think that's intentional. I think there's there's the like Christopher Nolan brand of film where the emphasis is on the darkness and the devastation and just how bad can it get before the unlikely hero saves the day. And I don't think Marvel movies try to do that. Maybe Captain America 2 tried to make the the bad guys seem a little bit like, how are they going to do this? But for the most part, you know they're going to win and it's all just about how much of a fun ride can they put you on. Um, I loved, I loved the soundtrack to this movie. Uh, the fact that rather than just having superhero music, they would bring in these 70s and 80s hits. Uh, a, because the music is a lot better than traditional <laughs> movie scores. Uh, but B, That's it also true. just it constantly reminded you that you're here to have a good time. Uh, it wasn't perfect in every respect. Like, I'm not going to say the plot was incredible or deeply moving or the characters are such that they go through an arc that would tell me something about greater humanity. That'd be a pretty crazy thing to expect from a Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> but they do a great job with what they do. Uh, and I, I think in particular with the kind of side characters like Groot and Rocket Uh, at the very beginning when they're introduced they seem like a one-note joke kind of like a Kramer or something is a little bit of a one-note joke Uh, but by the end of the film you've lived with them for so long that they can make a character just make a facial expression or do a little something and it can just bring the audience to laughter (laughs) or like it has such a powerful response that in a two-hour movie as opposed to like a 10-year sitcom it's pretty incredible the way they manage to um to balance the lovableness of the characters with the zaniness of the plot and the sort of meta humor of this is a goofy comic book movie and we are aware that we're not we're not your typical superheroes. Um I think Carson maybe didn't say it this time, but definitely before you said it's probably your favorite Marvel movie. Oh right. And, yeah. and I would echo that. I would say with the exception of maybe the Iron Man films, this is my favorite Marvel movie, precisely because there's never a point where I'm groaning, where I don't feel like the director and cast are also groaning and say, like, haha, look, we're about to throw a joke in your face <laughs> that's going to make this all worthwhile. Um, so yeah, definitely love this movie. Uh, Chris, what did you think?
1: Um... Yeah, I guess I can I can say everything fresh because I pretty much hadn't said very much in the last episode. <laughs> no. This is this is about the point where uh, Carson started disconnecting, and we realized that Stephen's interference was actually in the recording and not just um, <laughs> in the internet uh, telephony aspect of the of this project. Um, oh, I'm
2: not recording right now, by the way. Should I be? <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> oh Stephen, just kidding. <laughs> I would reach to the internet and choke you with your static-filled USB. <laughs> You're gonna <cord>. transcend. <laughs> um. But, uh yeah, so like like honestly there are uh there are really only two two uh problems that, that this film really faces. uh a is uh they don't they don't uh they, they don't pause long enough after the jokes to let the audience's laughter die down before characters start issuing lines of dialogue again, so like. <laughs> There's literally lines where like the entire auditorium is in, it just erupted in laughter and then characters are already talking. You're like, whoa, 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 everybody stop laughing. I can't hear what he's saying. Um, so that's really problem number one. And problem number two is that this this does have to be tied to the rest of the Marvel films. So we get this whole, uh, um, you know, th- th- we, we have this whole, like, we have to have this through line with, like, what Thanos is doing, like, wh- how this is going to tie into future Marvel films. But really, like, this, this is an assembling of a group, a, a space-style Avengers, if you will, and we're really, like, I, I want to see these guys go on adventures of their own that don't even have to be galaxy-protecting. Uh, like, I, I know they're, they're the guardians of the galaxy, but I want to see them, you know, delivering packages to, like, some planet in the whatever system, <laughs> and, like, I, I just want to see uh, uh, little antics of... of um, of what these guys are going to be doing, and like little, little, just mercenary runs, like hey, there's this guy, he has a bounty on his head, let's go out and collect this bounty. Like I'm, I'm up for those type of journeys with these crews. O- obviously, we're not going to get that because this thing is making money like crazy, and it and it's a, a tie in with the rest of the franchise, so they're not, they're not gonna you know focus on stories as mundane as you know delivering packages and stuff like that but um yeah it, it reminds me a lot of of uh various animes and stuff like in, in anime you always have like this this, this dude who um you know, your main guy especially in like these space stories like one of my favorite ones outlaw star um you have a guy who is really proficient at what he can do but he's also a little goofy and a little um uh, like he he's simultaneously badass and not badass at the same time, and it, it's mm-hmm. sort of like almost that like Jack Sparrow type thing where like somebody can looking be looking at him going like man that is the worst pirate I've ever seen, and then he does something badass, and you're like oh that is the best pirate I've ever seen, You know, like like that sort of aspect, and obviously you know Star Lord is is a similar type of thing where like. You know, if you're the authorities and you're watching him or you've captured him or you're seeing him do something silly, you're like, really, this guy? Like, what's up with him? But he he, like he can, you know, he can brawl a bit. He can do crazy stuff. And um, I I don't know, I, 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 I this universe, though, it's departed a lot from what we've been getting from the Marvel franchise so far. Like, You know, it's like like at the beginning of this, I said it was sort of it's way more in the Thor category of like you know weird things happening in space and other worlds and all that kind of stuff but it, it it's just it's really fun uh the you know the each each character gets their little moment to shine e- even even like with Groot it is as you would think that a joke of a character who can only say i am groot would get old really fast like it it <laughs> should there's no reason why that joke c- should be able to continue but like there are surprisingly nuanced ways that he can say, I am Groot, that communicate a lot. <laughs> <I> mean,
0: <laughs> well, it was, it was also funny that, you know, the first couple of times he says it, you know, I think Chris Pratt had a line where he, he said, oh, well, that's not going to wear thin. Like, they, yeah. addressed, they addressed it, you know, like, that they knew that it was going to, you know, they knew ahead of time. And, and that was what made it funny. And, and yeah, like you said, surprisingly, uh, they get a lot of mileage out of just the one line. Yeah, and, and,
1: uh, yeah, and then there's there's parts later on, like a, as he's saying it, you don't know if he's just dumb and he can only say that. Uh, but then you know, uh, you know, Rocket has the line about how like his 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 vocabulary is just terrible. That's why he can only say I am Groot, but he's actually like. In his head, he's actually smarter than that, and he's really communicating. So you have scenes where you have him responding as if he heard words that weren't just, I am Groot, while Groot is just saying, I am Groot, back and forth. And it's so, like, what do She's you mean? He's basically the
2: Chewbacca of the
1: Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, right, yeah. the same height as Chewbacca. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what he is. Um, um, but, and, and even though, like, you know, we have different characters that feel like they're right out of other franchises, they, they, they also have... Um, I don't know. They're, they're just fun. Like, uh, who's, who's the big hulky dude that's on their, uh, their team. Um, what was his? Dave
2: Bautista's Drax, character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Drax. Drax.
1: Like even, even Drax, like uh, w- earlier when I was comparing the, the, like he is sort of the fish out of water thing to like that their culture is super serious and they don't like understand like, uh, uh, sarcasm or anything like that. So they take everything you say super literally like that, all that stuff worked for me. Um, and it, I don't know. It is each characters or each group of characters really has their 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 humor aspect to it, their badass aspect to them. Um, it, it's just it's just a fun ride, and you know in our in our other episode, Stephen was saying that he hadn't even seen Thor two, and I, I was I was curious about. Um, you know, I was thinking that it, it it is quite a departure from the serious tone of some of the other or the more serious tone of some of the Marvel stuff, but. But I think it is fun, and, and and while it would be jarring if we hadn't been progressing in this way uh, at a th- slow and steady pace, if we just jumped into the silliness of this world, I think it like like Carson said, it, it still would be fun um, for anybody who just was was thrown into this world. Uh, there there's just a lot of there there's a lot, lots of good gags, there's lots of good um, legitimately good action beats. Uh, yeah, it has everything you would want from a comic book movie and and then some and and it's really like it, it it it's taking itself it's doing everything you're allowed to do in a comic book um film while still feeling uh mainstream enough to not be like oh that's just one of those weird comic booky movies like it, it's like no this is this is a big budget action film and it's bringing in big budget m- money and uh i don't know it, it's it's really awesome to see that we've we've gone from like trying to legitimize the comic book film to bringing the comic book film back um, to the zaniness of comics while still maintaining the legitimacy of it is I don't know it's a cool thing to see and it has made you know like being I don't know how many years it's been since the first Iron Man came out but like it's the films like this are, are making it worth all these films that we've been watching. And, you know, we like to joke about how this is the 27th Marvel film. Or I always like to joke. But but really, like, this is showing that that's not such a bad thing. On paper, yeah, it seems like Marvel is just shoving these films down our throat. But at the same time, it's, even when it doesn't execute perfectly, it's still, I don't know, I am fully along for the journey at this point, And I'm loving what they're cranking out.
0: Hmm yeah and it was interesting to watch uh when i went and saw the movie uh it was like a pack showing and i was at first kind of like oh great like we're gonna have children running amok and people like busting out their phones and all this fun stuff and uh i was shocked at how you know basically during the trailers people were still kind of you know settling in but once the movie started um i was shocked at how like uh quiet and respectful everyone was like they were actually into the movie like nobody got up to like go to the bathroom uh or anything like that um so you could tell that like people were like legitimately invested and enjoying it um and even like the little kids too like were there were two kids sitting behind me that were like really well behaved and like really into this movie um so that just like goes to show um you know how how great it truly is, or maybe that just was my audience. I don't know. But <laughs> you, uh, you
1: got you got the one lucky showing of everybody who's, who's good and behaved.
0: <laughs> right, maybe. Um, but no, I would say like, my audience was pretty pretty behaved too. Yeah, like no, Chris, you said that like oh the you know quote problem number one that it had was that people were laughing too hard at certain <laughs> yeah. jokes and you couldn't hear the next uh, line of dialogue. I mean that's never a bad thing. No, um, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it was you know I was being facetious, no, no, but like, it, it, but right, right, it was right. it was one of those things where it's like, ha ha ha. Wait, the movie's still going. You didn't like. There was yeah. no like wait for it, hold, hold, release. Yeah. It was just like, no, nope, we're still going. If you think and it's funny, like, too bad for you.
0: Right. It's almost like they dropped it and kept going, and it's like, well, we know you're gonna see it a second time.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but the problem is people will still be laughing that second time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I enjoy movies like that because it's like, it's so fast paced that you're, you know, it's kind of like the Apatow movies where like there's a joke every like 10 yeah. seconds and people are still laughing at the joke that came, you know, Yeah, I was going to make that comparison. It really
2: doesn't, uh, it doesn't hedge its bets on any one joke or character. It really just throws them at you and then moves on with the next thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I really enjoyed uh, Vin Diesel as the voice of Groot. Like, I thought that, uh, I mean, it's hilarious that they hired such a big name for only one line, essentially. So, d- <laughs> um, did, he,
1: did he do any physical performance while things were being filmed, or did he literally just come into the studio and record the voice?
0: I think he did, because there was a video that he posted. He was, like, walking around the set of Fast 7 on, like, the tree stilts.
1: Oh, okay, and he was
0: like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, there's no vo- uh, parts too small, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I could be wrong though, but I, I, he may have just done the voice, he may have done like the Iron Giant, uh, where he was the. Sean Gunn. What? Oh, my girlfriend's telling me that Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, who played uh, Michael Rooker's lackey in this film, did the, uh, the the movements for Groot. When they oh filmed. yeah, I think I I think I saw that when they filmed, and then Vin Diesel did the voice. That's um, so weird.
1: Like <laughs> literally, I, I want to know how long those those recording sessions were in the booths, like <laughs> to, <laughs> to get these, like because it, it could have been like five minutes, and they're like, nope, we got this, or it could have been like painstaking. Like, okay, well now imagine like you just got hit with some sort of space weapon, and it 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 hurt, but you're still okay because you're a tree. Uh, now, now say it with me now, <laughs> like.
0: Well, I, and I do remember this. This is this is true. I know. I I know. I saw this that uh, Vin Diesel said that him and James Gunn like literally did I am Groot like every imaginable way, like they they went through like all different kinds of uh, different readings of it. So they you know, and then again he kept saying like oh you know there's no part too small and like he was into it. So like I th- I think that I think that's funny. I mean he has the voice for it too. Um, but really Bradley Cooper was like, like perfect casting for the voice of rocket. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was hilarious how much he sounded like Bradley Cooper. And then at the same time he did it. Like it was like, like he, an he, un, he, it was an unrecognizable, recognizable voice. Like it was weird.
1: Yeah. It it was like, it was like the, it, it was like the younger miniaturized version of Bradley Cooper, like it, it, doing
0: like a gangster voice almost. Like a, Yeah. It was weird. But it, I mean it worked. It totally worked. Uh yeah. I, I just thought that, you know, basically anything uh that that Rocket says, pretty hilarious. He was definitely a good like mine of comedy in this movie.
2: Yeah. and I, a character that much like Groot I thought might wear thin after a few minutes of
0: having him. But he didn't. Uh, but yeah. they, they
2: definitely kept it fresh. Uh
0: I mean, to the right. point where I, after I saw uh, Guardians, I went and saw um, the new Woody Allen movie, and I was sitting watching The 20, and they had, like, a an ad pop-up for, like, Guardians of the Galaxy action figures, and they showed, like, a rocket raccoon blasting figure and i was like i would totally buy that
1: a blasting figure does that have real blast in action or something
0: yeah like it was like blast in action rocket raccoon and he had like his big like bazooka gun and like you could shoot like nerf things out of it
1: you flick his tail and it shoots the gun off
0: yeah and like i think he like talked to maybe i can't remember he made he like, you require your friend's prosthetic leg to function? Yeah, exactly. i wish it i wish it came with one
1: let's go get these guys all right we're also gonna need that guy's eye <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, of uh, that, that was pretty awesome, and there was something else I was going to say, but uh, oh, oh, you're the other thing you said about how uh, you know, it has to tie into the the Marvel Universe, and there definitely is there definitely are the ties in the film, but they're pretty minimal. I mean, I feel like it really does feel like a standalone film.
1: Well, no. It, I, I'm mostly um, just talking so about than, like the, the yeah. entire villain, the the entire right. villain and the plot that is driving the story forward is only there to tie into the the stuff with the Infinity Stone. Like it has yeah. right, right. Th- there is no micro plot of this film. It's only that that drives it forward, and that that's sort of for me, like as like you guys both mentioned. And I don't remember if it was the original recording or this recording, but you're both saying that like that wasn't that exciting or that special, and right that non-excitingness and non-specialness is only even there to tie it to those things
0: yeah but i mean it. it is pretty it, it is pretty much in the background like i think that yeah. you could sit anyone down who hasn't seen any of the marvel movies and they could still enjoy it like in terms of not going like oh who's this or whatever
1: well that, that, it's, that was it's that not was one so of the funny much things. tied
0: to it it's that, not that, so much tied to it
1: that was one of the funny things too is that like this uh it, in any other normal circumstance, we would need a previous Guardians of the Galaxy film to introduce all these players and give us a reason to understand that they're there. But in this, it was like they just like started spouting off people's names, and like the characters knew of that person, but like the yeah. audience doesn't if you didn't haven't read any of the comics. But it, it was weird the way they handled it in a way where, you know, like in, in Thor two. It's like, okay, all you have to do is like, okay, there you know, these people live in Asgard or whatever, and they're Asgardians, and they, Thor's that guy, um, and that's really everything else you learn as you're going, like, a new threat emerges, and you're learning about that threat as the characters do. This film was positioned in a way where it's like, nah, we're not gonna bother, we're just, everybody already knows who everyone is, so just... Continue like like we're mm-hmm. jumping into Guardians of the Galaxy as if these characters had existed for several other properties, and n- zero time is spent on explaining who characters are or why there are. It was like, oh yeah, these two adopted children of Thanos, uh they're there. You yeah, know it, them, you it, It's don't. definitely
2: great that they didn't spend half the movie yeah introducing them one by one and then building them up together by the end. Right. <laughs> like. They throw them together as this kind of ragtag crew of people and then let you slowly figure out what the origin is of the people. Yeah. With a yeah. little bit of an exception for Peter Quill, but even him I, I think we mentioned it before, they go like five minutes maybe, probably not even that. They really don't dwell dwell on the origin. Yeah, you're it's you're... all about the dynamic of the team and much less about uh
0: individual people. Yeah, I and mean, you're you're put into it right away um and I'm glad they did that um and I think I mentioned it in the other the other part like the way this movie opens um uh, is very refreshing in the same way that Iron Man 3 opened on Eiffel 65 like it just kind of gives you an immediate sense of what the movie's going to be like
1: there, there there is one thing that uh was was kind of strange for me cuz um I am not a uh, I, I literally cannot call myself a reader of the galaxy of the guardians comic but i have read the first two issues of the like the marvel now like the re re-rele- not re-release but like all the all the new issues that like they started all from like issue number 1s of like everything all the different series um so i read the first two and i know something about the star lord character that the star lord character in this film doesn't know really at all during the course of this entire film. And they, they like allude to it and they hint at things. And mm. um, it was interesting. Like I feel like the whole opening to this film is only there to pay that off in a way that this film isn't doing at all. So I don't know if it was – I feel like it's not fan service but that it's like teasing stuff they want to do with like Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 um, moving forward. And, and it was interesting because um, <laughs> literally reading the first issue – Having that knowledge, as this film started, I was like, oh, that's weird. They changed this <laughs> characteristic about the character. And then by the end, they, they throw some hinting in um, that, no, it wasn't changed. That's still there. And it actually played into the course of this film. But in a way, they're not actually focusing on. They they sort of throw it out there and then brush it off as not being important, even though it technically is. Um, and I'm being super ambiguous right now. But uh, it, it it was just kind of funny to me watching it from the lens of literally reading two issues of the comic and, like, having this comic knowledge. Um, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny.
0: I I definitely picked up on that, though, like that they were going to be uh, probably addressing that in the next movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was why it was there. But, I mean, even if they never made another Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I think that opening still totally works like i think that you know by jumping right in and not having to do like the typical origin movie structure uh was the right way to go
1: yeah but they could have just had him being this this uh salvager mercenary um right yeah whatever his career is junker (laughs) like like (laughs) whatever he is like he could be space pirate dude and that's that's yeah. That that's enough to understand that character. We don't need the the little bit of you know. We don't need the view of him as a child to well, I mean, to understand that. Um,
0: there's definitely another part in that sequence that plays off or that pays off at the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, concerning his mother, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think but, that I think that that's still necessary, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I will agree and echo what Steven said, that the choice of music and the music placement in this film uh, is really spot on. Like, I, I mean, I'd much rather see characters walking in slow motion to cherry bomb than some Inception riff. Mm-hmm. So that, was, that was a good choice. Especially you know, when you mentioned... Some Hans Zimmer riff or something.
2: You mentioned the mother in particular, and I think every scene that involved the mother, not that there were many of them, but if it hadn't been for the music, it it could have veered on the extremely groan worthy cliche for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the music instead just brought this atmosphere of fun
0: to it, where I was like, yeah, oh, what the hell, go for it. it! I'm having a good time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if we'll uh, talk spoilers, but I will just say the after credits thing in this movie. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Um, and I think that was like a total troll move on James Gunn's part because you know there were people now and it's going like I can't wait to see what Avengers 2 tie in or whatever is going to be at the end of this film and then it's like oh we got this it was kind of like how people were up in arms over the uh, the uh, stinger of Iron Man 3 where it was just you know him in therapy um, but I mean I thought, I thought like doing something like that was funny like I, I mean you know it doesn't always have to to be a you know preview for the next one or whatever i mean i i like when they
1: they change it up but i i, I are you are you i i'll just say right now i thought it was dumb but or who, who said well, did on, you Stephen? did you
0: know did you know what it was that's that's the I, main I, thing
1: i knew what it was i didn't know why it was
0: i i understood well it is a marvel property so
2: yeah i, I understood what it was in that respect but i uh I don't know enough about the property. I thought it was funny. I laughed. Uh I probably would have preferred a bigger payoff than that. But I I didn't feel burned. I, I thought of the the meta fact that they would make that be the ending of it when they know that ninety percent of the audience is waiting.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean that's what I, made I found it, it funny, funny to me. That's what made it funny to me. And especially like if you know that character and his original film uh not exactly the most beloved, but uh and I think that's what made it even funnier too. Um but there, there's no way that Marvel will fund a, a solo movie around that. But uh but yeah. Which which is
1: precisely why I was like, um
0: But I mean I why? think it fits that totally fits like with the tone of this movie, and I think that, you know I think it was a great Little bit at the end, like I was, it was completely unexpected. So
1: um, (laughs) that's for sure,
0: (laughs) dude. It was hilarious. Like I, I, like there were definitely some people who were scratching their heads, um, you know, and not in like the way people were scratching their heads, going like, "Who's this Thanos fellow?" At the end of Avengers, you know.
1: But like, uh, okay, so so at the end of Avengers, when you see the Thanos character you can immediately pull out your phone wikipedia it, and then you you have some context for uh where the film franchise is going as a whole and the fact that that will like like this scene will never play into any of these phases of marvel's activity No, but
0: that's why i thought it was funny is that like it's not going to um in the way that the stinger uh at the end of iron man 3 uh was you know yeah um so that's why I mean, because like there was enough already that they didn't need to have like another thing. I mean, I just thought that was that totally fit in line with like the humor of the movie. Um, and it was like a total like shout out, like, oh, if you know this, like you're gonna you are going to you gonna know why this is so like funny and ridiculous. But anyway,
2: so I, I will say a less controversial thing, which is that the the mid credits video clips made me and most of the audience the howl with laughter most of the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely it's worth sticking through and watching the credits. Uh, might as well stay till the end to find out what happens, but not going to be critical for understanding any future Marvel movie, I don't think. <laughs> but could get you into the psyche of Carson Patrick a little bit. <laughs> it
0: could get you to go watch uh, the older Tim movie. Robbins. And, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah george lucas man um i i don't even know i was gonna say something else and then i forgot of
1: course all right well does anybody have any last comments about this film before we get into a verdict
0: no
2: i don't think so all uh, right. worth uh, I, I i will say i saw it in imax 3d and while the 3d was nothing to write home about definitely seeing this movie on a big screen surrounded by people is a good way to see it i I did not regret at all forking out the extra cash to to see it as like a giant spectacle the way that I think it was meant to be seen.
0: I heard that uh they did what they did uh for Transformers where um they have the shifting aspect ratios. I don't recall if they did. I didn't notice when I watched it. <laughs> well that's I mean that's a good so it's thing. Was really
1: effective then? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean I, I mean that's a good thing because I guess, you know, uh, at least my, one of my complaints, not really complaints, but I, I definitely noticed it in in Transformers when the aspect ratio changes. Like, it was so frequent that it was very, almost distracting. Mm. Um, so I, I had read that James Gunn said that there was going to be that for the IMAX version of Guardians, so I just didn't know um, if it was effective or not. Because, I mean, it can be, like, you know, when you know, it goes full IMAX for the Nolan. I mean when films. the Dark Knight did it, it was right, definitely yeah. effective. I mean, obviously this movie wasn't in full IMAX, but it's almost there. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's always better when it's bigger, you know?
2: Yeah, I I didn't notice to its detriment, like I, I didn't notice any sort of uh incongruous aspect ratios. It it felt big and immersive the whole time. Yeah. No, I just wondered,
0: because I'd I'd read.
1: I read it, so... Right, well, if you read it, it's true, so... <laughs> I just
0: didn't know if it was going to be distracting, like, how in Transformers it was, but... Yeah.
1: All right, well, any,
0: uh... Any, any Groot.
1: Let, let's, <laughs> let's, let's not be distracting, and let's get into our verdicts for this film. Carson, if you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass for the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it?
0: Uh, definitely give it a must-see, and, uh... Uh yeah, I mean it's uh definitely the best movie of the summer. Uh definitely one of the best movies of the year and like I said, uh probably my favorite Marvel movie for sure. This and Iron Man 3 are on pretty much the same level. But uh in terms of, you know, in terms of just like fresh origin movie, uh I mean, you can't really get much better than this. Uh so yes. Complete must-see see it once, see it twice, you know, anyway, yeah, definitely go see it in the theater because it's definitely a very theatrical experience. You should see it on a large screen and all that jazz. (laughs)
1: Okay, Steven.
2: Yeah, I'll echo Carson. Um, I've got to call it a must see. It's funny because I, I really enjoyed every aspect of it. I have very few complaints, but I still know it isn't it isn't quite to the level where I would be raving about it to everyone. It was just very solidly good and enjoyable the whole way through. Um, I will probably see it again. I think it probably is the best movie of the summer so far. I don't... I wouldn't set the bar so high that you expect it to transcend the genre. I uh, just expect it to be an extremely fun mark in the superhero genre. And if you go in thinking it's going to be fun and goofy, you will get more than enough of what you paid for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris.
1: Well, remember, remember, Steven, it may be the best movie of the summer so far, but next week, Step Up All In comes out. So, <laughs> can't um, wait. hundred foot journey. Can't I wait. Mean, so, we can't. You're, you're going to have to reevaluate uh, come next week. Um, right. But uh, yeah, this is a must see for me also. It, it, it's funny. You guys have both, you know, both you making the comment, um, you know, possibly best Marvel film, you know, best film of the summer. Like, my initial, like, gut reaction is to say no, but then I try to justify that thought, and I can't, really. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, something makes me want to say, no, there are better Marvel movies than this. Um, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really just thinking about the bad guys themselves, like not our main cast and and their interactions. It's just if I think just about Lee Pace and his weird like Egyptian-inspired headdress and his inability to move but still ability to kick everybody's ass. Um, weird things like that, and Thanos is weird. Whatever they're doing with him, uh, like those things, I like. I think about those and I think it feels campy, but the rest of the movie is just badass and hilarious and. uh, um. Every everyone's great in the friggin' movie. So, uh, it, why can't it be? Uh, I'll I'll at least give it one of the best Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't have to like stand too firmly and say where where it fits in the category. But um. And then yeah, you my... wake
0: up in a cold sweat and be like, "Okay, oh yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it well,
1: is." <laughs> well, unfortunately, every morning I wake up in a hot sweat because oh, that's true. Um, mm. The temperature is hot here, um, but. I, I could still wake up and be like, damn it, best movie ever uh, of, of, of the <laughs> it's Marvel It's the Wars. best
0: one.
2: <laughs> I'll say it isn't... The Lego movie was the kind of movie that I was raving about to people outside of the genre. <laughs> like. Dude, this is almost saying, the
0: live-action version of the Lego
2: movie. <laughs> I I could give it that, but I would say it doesn't... It isn't quite to the extent where the Lego movie, I was telling everyone, you have to see this. Guardians, I'm saying... If you think you maybe wanted to see anything like this, you're gonna have an awesome time but i'm not it isn't something i'm like evangelizing for uh kind kind of like chris i it isn't something that i want to shout it's the best x or best y but <laughs> it 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 probably is um yeah very solid
1: cool well uh i believe that is our review and uh so far. It appears as though we've made it all the way to the end without any major technical difficulties. So um, I I think this this is going to be a wrap, guys. So, Carson, why don't you let everybody know uh, where they can find you throughout the week?
0: Uh, Practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Yes. Steven? Uh, Twitter.com slash
2: sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com.
1: People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash IRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Uh, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760 575 tsw That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy. So hope everybody's enjoying that. And uh, I'm not going to promise any individual particular review for next week because I think we're still bouncing around trying to figure out what we actually want to subject ourselves to there are many
0: many choices (laughs) and uh, choices of pain
1: yeah we'll we'll probably have something for you um but you know i'm not gonna stand hard and fast and tell you what that is now because it's gonna be a surprise just like this film was for people who didn't think it was gonna be good i I don't know
2: And, and by the way if you like this according to imdb you will also like transformers ender's game and about time Oh, well, <laughs> I like uh, about two time. Of those three
0: movies.
1: One of those is Very a fantastic similar.
0: film. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally Andrew's Game and Cloud Atlas, apparently. Oh uh, no! <laughs> how does about time figure into all these other movies? I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense, IMDb. I, I, I don't
1: know what they're talking about. Time.
0: Talking of boots. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I I will say real quick though that hooked on a feeling. Will forever now be associated with Guardians of the like. You'll just immediately think of Guardians of the Galaxy. When and and I will on say feeling.
2: that song "Mid Air" that plays in About Time could be about uh, Gamora, the character floating in space. So maybe there's a crossover somewhere over there. Mm. But that's fine. Maybe.
0: Yeah.